0: What's up, writers and weavers? Jenny and Katrina here.
1: We're just a couple of authors and magic seekers looking to have some fun.
0: Join us in our ramblings about all things fantasy, paranormal fiction, and magical realism. Whether you're an aspiring novelist or a best selling author, this podcast is for you.
1: Our goal is to help you iron out your fantasy world and open up the floor to a weird and witchy conversation.
0: Are you ready? Let's get started. Okay. (sighs) So, yes, this is our first podcast episode
1: and uh, yeah I guess we should introduce ourselves fully.
0: Okay so hello everyone my name is Jenny and uh, just like you I like to write fantasy and read a lot of fantasy and just daydream in fantasy especially this time when COVID is wreaking havoc all over the world it's nice to escape into fantasy. How did we meet Katrina? How did we meet (laughs)
1: well for well first let me say uh i guess i i echo everything she said love fantasy breathe fantasy read fantasy and i write urban fantasy so i like to try to ground it a little bit more in reality because the more real it feels the more real it feels yeah I don't know how else to put that um yeah so I and I just released my debut novel in October Uh it is called The Wise One and it's book one of the Scottish Scrolls series don't ask me how many there will be I will not answer that
0: (laughs) yeah just leave it open-ended
1: oh yeah absolutely everyone's like "Is it a trilogy I'm like (laughs) smiling on (laughs) um okay I guess so yeah what's next why do we start this? Why do we start this podcast? So when we started, uh, I mean, why we started, um, yeah, we wanted to, we're, yeah, we're a couple of fantasy authors who like witchy things and magical topics and, um, we can't get enough of it, I guess. So.
0: And I think we both come at it from very different perspectives, which I think will probably be shown Mm -hmm. in the books we're going to introduce because they're so different. um,
1: I know, yeah, really but funny. that's. I
0: think that's the beauty of fantasy is that everything falls under that, which is really liberating, in my opinion. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's so uh, it's so fun that we we view it from different angles. Yeah. Our books too are very very different types of fantasy, and and you know the themes are super different too. And I think it's going to speak to a lot, uh, like right. a wide range of readers. So, oh, listeners, I, I should say. <laughs> wow, people are listening. Wow. <laughs> So uh why don't you take it away with your first book what what's the what's one of the books uh or at the top of your list that you'd like to speak about that helped you uh helped influence or inspire your okay, world building Okay yes this
0: is what we are talking about today it's kind of broad but I think it's quite helpful at the same time essentially books that inspire us to write well it's inspire world building um <clears throat> and so I chose, and I had a really hard time picking something because at first we decided, at first we said it was nonfiction, and then I was like, holy shit, I have no idea. Okay, but this book, um, it makes a lot of sense for me because when I was studying English in university, I took um, a mythology course, and it's mythologies of like the ancient Mediterranean, I think that's what it was called. And the book is called Introduction to Mythology, Contemporary Approaches to Classical and World Myths, the second edition I was looking at, and it's by Eva Thury and Margaret Divini. And this textbook covers literally everything from Greek and Roman classics to all the way up to like Star Trek and X-Files.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. That's crazy. And, and this is a textbook? Like you, yeah, you had to buy this for
0: school? pedagogical or... oh. text. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but that's, yeah, that's ah. the um, text we were using. And so it's obviously really accessible to people who don't really, or just uh, looking at the classics for the first time or just ancient mythology. And honestly, this list that I wrote makes me realize that I all the inspiration basically that comes to me is from mythology so it might not appeal to yeah. every fantasy writer especially once we get to your list and we'll see how broad that that uh, genre is
1: oh my list is so no. weird my
0: list is very weird
1: but I love that yours really does reflect your book because um you see the the mythology yeah. influence. Definitely, especially you know, you have a centaur, which is like the best, and
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Eventually. Um, so yeah, this book covers Greek and Roman, uh, the Greek and Roman classics, Nordic mythology, Hindu mythology, Chinese mythology, um, folk tales from Africa and Germany. Um, they talk a lot about Carl Jung, Levi Strauss, um, Joseph Campbell um there's native American. it's just all around it's a yeah it's a really nice it's a tasty treat for anyone who's interested in reading (laughs) um just wondering or wanting to learn more about mythology i should say um and it's not that thick either so it's quite readable and there's lots of helpful little nuggets of information for students because it's for students um
1: yeah, that's good to know because when you say textbook, I'm immediately intimidated as I'm sure yeah. many would do it. Oh, crap. Like I there, she's really is she really telling me to read a textbook, but it sounds it sounds really digestible and fun like there's so many components. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and it's there's a lot of imagery as well, so it's not just straight up text. So it's yeah, it's quite visual as well. Um awesome. And I think um what we, I just talked about, Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung. So these are big names that we probably will be talking about at some point in the future. Um, and so uh, mm-hmm. Joseph Campbell uh, describes something called the monomyth. And it's basically, he basically says that if you look at all of these mythologies, these ancient mythologies, they're kind of all the same. And I have a quote he says, Why is mythology everywhere the same beneath its varieties of costume? So essentially in very broad strokes. When you study one, you're kind of studying all of them, but within these varieties of costume, you'll obviously find the nuances of culture. Don't read one and then assume, you know, the rest, like don't dismiss everything else. But um, if you do find yourself drawn to mythology, You'll you'll definitely see similar themes. So yeah, I think yes. I to say the title again: Introduction to Mythology: Contemporary Approaches to Classical and World Myths. I'm not sure what edition they're at now, but it's by Eva M. Thury and Margaret K. Divini.
1: That is great. That's such a great, um, such a great summary. And now I'm interested, and now I want to buy it, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll just put it with the rest of my. Books that don't fit on my bookshelf. I love that, and I love Norse. And like lately, when you said Nord- Nordic, I'm just like, I, I just get drawn to that.
0: Now that we've talked about really old stories, what is your first book?
1: <clears throat> well, yeah, mine's that yeah, it's unconventional. It's kind of an odd segue from yours, but here it goes. <laughs> So I want to talk about this book that came to me at a very, very interesting, weird time. And um, so it's called Fairytale, One Woman's Search for Enchantment in a Modern World. It's by Signe Pike, um, spelled S-I-G-N-E. Cause it took me like a year to realize how to pronounce that. <laughs> uh, so burdened by the woes of workday life, the end of any, um, sorry, the end of any good news and the loss of her formidable father, Signy Pike, a 20-something editor at Penguin in New York, found herself needing something to believe in again. Uh, so her disenchantment made her long for the magical stories of her youth, the fairies that had enchanted her as a child. So I just wanted to read that right off the description because it's okay. so so well put. Um, so, yeah, she. what's really interesting is that um, here's this woman who's worked in New York in publishing uh, for a while, she's you know, she's fairly like logical minded, um, mm-hmm. has a good head on her shoulders, but she suffered this loss and she realized something was missing in her life. And I guess it was that magic and enchantment that she felt as a child. Um, and something sparks something sparks this. She, uh, I believe in the book, she said she got like a Reiki session or something in her apartment. Uh-huh. I'm not too, not too sure. And and the and the woman who who performed it. Um, she, before leaving our apartment, she said, you know, there's fairies all over here. <laughs> so that really sparked her interest. And she took off and went on this adventure. Uh, she went to Ireland, Scotland, the Isle of Man, she went to Mexico. Um, and wow. she went on a basically like a folkloric hunt <laughs> for really, fairies. yeah, and, and, and it's just incredible, because it's um, the book's laced with so much research on legend. She's very, she's such a researcher. You can, you can tell she's, she's just okay. incredible at what she does. Um, and it's also in the point of view of a skeptic. So it's just such a weird and okay. <laughs> interesting balance. Yeah. Um, so the reason why this found me at a weird time was because uh, around the time, right before I was referred to this book, I, uh i was at a friend's house and she had um, a friend over who who was a medium for those who don't believe that that's that's totally fine i didn't know if i believed it at the time but she uh she's she communicates with with spirits that's what a medium does and she looked at me and she said uh there are fairies around you and that just like fascinated oh me I'm like, fairies i'm like what are you You're like what do you mean <laughs> i was like that doesn't oh make sense <laughs> but um i just became like i like I, I just got so interested in the topic. So I started reading a lot about them in folklore and in, in myth mm-hmm. and in uh, in the esoteric sense to like those who supposedly communicate with them today or seek them out and stuff. And I found right. this book and it was just so great because it grounds you in reality. It doesn't impose beliefs on you. And it just like mm-hmm. explains the the goings on of the fae <laughs> and the legend. Yeah. I just thought it was really interesting and it definitely is the number one book I think that sparked uh, my inspiration for the one I, I wrote because I feel like my book's essentially a fictional version of this one, like a woman in search for, okay. you know, uh, magic and she finds all these interesting things that she didn't otherwise believe in, you know? So that's, that's my I'm wow, good okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of blown away by that. Can you explain why the title is F-A-E-R-Y, why she spelled it like that?
1: Uh, It's the uh, ancient spelling. Uh, You'll also see it spelled F-A-E-R-I-E. So Mm -hmm. that's the variant. uh, F-A-E-R-Y, the way she spells it, is the variant I use in my book. Um, So it's just a more, yeah, just an older spelling And I like that. I love linguistics. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I kept that for, yeah.
0: (laughs) I feel like this, I feel like your first book could also be read as a novel. Like you could almost get it confused for that because that sounds like a really, really cool novel. Oh my God. It
1: has ups and downs. It's great. It it is her, it's like a more of a memoir and it just is really... Um, enchanting, it, it truly is enchanting. I couldn't put it down, and um, she's just incredible. She went on to write fiction. She wrote historical fiction. Um, okay. The uh, what's it called? Okay, well I'm blanking, but it's 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 phenomenal. If you if you look up books by Sidney Pike, she just mm-hmm. started into the world of fiction, so you won't see very many. Um, and it's they're just great great books.
0: Okay. You said that she's she was twenty something when this when she set off on her journey is she still quite young like is this a recent no so
1: I think no it's not this one was it just recently got a lot of attention I think Mm -hmm. what got her um a deal I guess to write her fiction books but uh she wrote this quite a while I think she it's probably a decade old okay this book yeah I don't want to linger too long on this because we have such a great list going, but I really <laughs> I really recommend it for uh especially urban fantasy writers if they want to ground their story a little bit more yeah. in reality. Yeah, mix up the myth and stuff. And this is a really good um POV as well. Cause like it's fun to read in the perspective of someone who approached everything with you know with some skepticism. So
0: mm-hmm. Interesting. I like that.
1: <laughs> I so, do.
0: <laughs> so very different from my next. <laughs> I know. Which is fun? I want to hear your next one. I'm, I'm <laughs> oh my <in. laughs> god. Okay. Well, it's so cliche. Oh my god. Okay. So basically, oh my god. <laughs> it is the Odyssey by Homer himself. Okay. So yes, we are different. I will admit, we are different. So I can't really, I think everyone knows the story either through osmosis or by studying in high school. Everyone in, who has like a Western scholastic experience, I'll say, knows a little bit about, at least a little bit about this story. Um, or they've seen a movie that's about this. Um, and I think I, I think I was introduced to it in high school we had to read a high school version of it um and at that point I was already well interested in writing um and I think why I want to put this book on here is because that really like completely opened up my mind in terms of like what a hero is like the hero's journey if you want to write Mm -hmm. a book about the hero's journey I can't really think of a better one Um, and also too, if you are intimidated by Homer, um, like the translated texts, which I completely understand, um, the high school, um, version of it is really digestible. And I mean, it's a bit, I mean, they gloss over, I think a little bit of it, but it's a really good start. If you're not sure if you think that this is for you, but you're curious, I would say a high school version of the Odyssey or the Iliad or anything from the classics is like probably a good way to go. Um, but yeah, I just think it's, I don't think Odysseus is a full blown mortal man. Cause I believe he is somehow related to Hermes, but it's a story about a guy who has to go through all of these trials and tribulations and literally held him back. Well, not literally, but mm-hmm. he has to go through all of this mess just to get home. And he does get home. Um, I don't know. I think there's just so much you can play with in the hero's journey, but he I don't know, I keep saying the hero's journey. Well, it's that a good is- basis. No, it's
1: good that yeah. you yeah, so it is a tough one to to nail down to. You don't want to like screw that one up. So <laughs> starting from something like the Odyssey is is genius.
0: Yeah. And so yeah, I any any classic story, um, I think. Is I just chose this one because I remember reading it and I remember it fondly, reading it in mm-hmm. um, high school English. So yeah, it's kind of a short, a short description there. But yes, that's it.
1: It's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
1: No, we can't argue with that. I'm curious to know if if there are anyone uh, there are anyone <laughs> that's great English. <laughs> there are any listeners <laughs> who have read the Odyssey <laughs> and liked it back in high school, or if they've kind of revisited it. And then just yes. started appreciating it, you know? Like Shakespeare, mm. like, did we really enjoy that in high school? Actually, I did, oh but... My gosh. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't read it now, but I liked it in high school. It's weird.
0: I um, think there's a different type of appreciation when you're older and when you actually choose yeah. to go to it. Yeah. Um, yes. So, on to your second book. <laughs> my next pick is uh, is... About
1: Irish and Celtic mythology, so it's actually a good segue, I think, this time around. So we're not jumping too far away from what right. uh, from your list, Jen. So, uh, except it's not Greek, <laughs> but yeah, it's called "Old Ways: Old Secrets of Pagan Ireland." It's um, it's a book I picked up in Ireland. Actually, it was uh, after one of my my tours. I was there uh, for my honeymoon with my husband a couple years ago we went to scotland well yeah Yeah. (laughs) well you know this jen and uh, we had a blast it was so great and so much so much of that was is in my book uh because Mm -hmm. it takes place in ireland my book so um, so this book was just fantastic it just gave me so much information it's all about um irish tradition myth uh old pagan beliefs that stem all the way from the ancient druids and it's just such a rich, rich text. There's, there's so many little nuggets of wisdom and there's, um and there's tales of uh, Irish mythology in there that, that are, um, that I would have never otherwise heard. I don't think these are typical stories. Like we don't, we didn't okay. really grow up with these. So. I don't know if you know much about Queen May, for instance, like I didn't know mm-hmm. much about her and she sort of stuck her way into my book as well. So um, I definitely borrowed okay. from here. Um, I marked this book up like crazy. I just wanted to put everything in there, but I yeah. could not. <laughs> I, I do recommend it if you if you want to learn more about um, ancient okay. Ireland and Celtic mythology cool. and. uh you're just not going to, you're not going to be disappointed. I just, if you want to know a couple things that I sort of did borrow from here, there's, um, there's this, I mean, I have to go there. It's the Royal site of Common. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly, but it is where the legendary Queen Maeve resides or resided. So um, there's this stone there supposedly that has this magnetic force. And um, that's the stone I use as maid's necklace in my book to that she uses to douse, which is the, which is what you do to, to like get answers. Like when a stone is attracted to a certain, um, my God, I'm using my hands a lot and I forget people can't see me. (laughs) How do you explain that? Yeah. Like I guess it's a magnetic pull that you you get from, from, um, dangling a stone from a, or pendant from a necklace and it uh, provides you with the answer you're seeking. So, yeah, I just sort of borrowed that I- that idea of the magnetic force from this ancient stone, which you can go visit, supposedly. Like, you can go check out this stone, maybe carve a little piece out for yourself.
0: Oh, my God, can you? I have no idea, but
1: that's, <laughs> i probably not. I'm sure it's protected. It's <laughs> probably barricade. But I mean, I would try, right? <laughs> And uh, that's it. And another thing I, I most definitely borrowed was the idea of wrens being messengers. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> and the wren is very special in my, my book. It's m- my main character's kind of little animal companion. And that's it. This is such a, it, it was great. And I do highly recommend it if you're into Ireland and paganism.
0: And Yes, Celtic. and I think we are, aren't we doing an episode on paganism? Oh, yeah. I think we need to really Definitely. dive into that. Yeah. So much. So interesting.
1: Yeah. It's very broad and it's not as broad as, I mean, it's broader than people think, I should say, paganism, because they, I think they associate it with like Wicca and that's so wrong. So,
0: yeah. It's, it's kind of an umbrella term, really.
1: A hundred percent is an umbrella term.
0: Okay. Well. I have come up with a new term for myself, and I'm really hoping this goes viral, which is a myth head. Why didn't you lead with that, Jen? (laughs) It's because it's so lame. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I'm a total myth head, apparently. I've uh, realized this since writing this list down. Okay, so my next or my last book is... Wait, can we just
1: clarify? She said myth and not myth. I just want that for the record. Okay. I don't taste the sound quality. Myth.
0: Myth. Yes. (laughs) Please do move on. So my last entry for this uh, episode is Hesiod's Theogony. Um, which was compiled in 700 BCE. And the fact that it was written so long ago obviously shows that there have been many, many texts since then that could definitely offer writers inspiration for their world building. Um, But to me, this, this, I think pretty much solidified my, my calling, I guess you could call it. Um, So this, the Theogony is a didactic poem, which is essentially just an instructional poem, but it's super long. It's the blueprint for basically um, the story of creation and the Greek pantheon and the Olympic gods. Mm. Um, And it goes into their really, really incestual, complicated genealogy, but super fun. And that's where I learned the story of Demeter and Persephone and Hades, which have become really, really important to me in many very strange ways. Um, So, and it also is a snapshot of what the ancient Greeks pretty much valued. And I think that if, if people are curious about, um, like if they like the movie 300 or Troy or something like that, Mm -hmm. I would, I would start here because it's, it's, it shows from the beginning where it all came from. Um, Yeah, this is, this is one of the ultimate texts in the classics. Um, I have a question. Yes.
1: What if we're really dumb at poetry? (laughs) Like, will this, will this slide? (laughs) Can we digest this?
0: Um, It's not poetry in the sense that you have to derive some sort of um, secret meaning um, I don't even know if, I don't even know if it rhymes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember, but, um, <sighs> it's just written in that, in that sort of format. It's not like this long prose, prosy, um, text. I don't know. I don't okay. know why. I, I think that was just probably the style. I'm going to be slayed for saying all this cause I'm not actually, I don't remember. Um,
1: that's fine. I, that's helpful to know. Cause poetry can be intimidating yeah to a lot of people.
0: i don't i just think that that was that was how things were written back then but it really it's the translation is is very very easy to digest you'll you'll get it right away um what you probably won't what you'll probably have to look back at over and over again is just the family tree because it is so confusing because there's like brothers and sisters getting married and having kids and killing their kids and it's just it's, like yeah. oh, But it's so cool. <laughs> At the same time, it's so fascinating. Like to me, I just like I can eat this stuff up with a spoon. Um it granted, just want to put this little um disclaimer out there. I do know that um the ancient Greek myths are really sexist. Um, so there are limitations within that. There's lots of rape and it's just not always, oh, yeah, yeah, There's lots of rape murder infanticide, matricide, patricide, like just, it's just, it's actually quite a violent um, beginning, but it's also so beautiful. Like, I don't know. I just, I just can't get enough of it. I think there's, it strikes a balance between, I don't know, like destruction and creation. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then I think, I just love how diverse our selections are because it just goes to show how how many subgenres have been birthed from just the word fantasy? Um, like you have, to me, mythology and the creation story, uh, it's actually quite heavy in my book, um,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: story of creation. Um, but, f- but you can like, like, your book, urban fantasy, falls under that same genre and they're both so diverse. I don't know. I just find it so, it's kind of, freeing really to write in this genre because you can do whatever you want.
1: Oh, there's no rules. Exactly. Like you can totally scrap our list right now too and just find much more relevant books to your, it's whatever you're really attracted to. That's, that's just going to make you um, go on a magical tangent. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. And I think there's, if people are actually looking for sort of, instructions or advice on how to um do some hardcore world building there's definitely that out there so i think we should probably include that in the episode notes
1: yeah absolutely there there's tons of great resources there's even tons of great youtubers that just dissect um world building and uh there's there's so much you can you can you can find and I think our list is pretty cool to start with. Um, I have two more I want to okay. mention. I'm not going to go. I know I don't want to go too much into it. It's just I can't not mention these because God, I have so many. I have actually a list of recommended reads at the end of my my book that I put like that. That's like actually written inside because I I really did um, take from so much. So it was so hard to narrow my list right now actually and feel Very bad for the other books I left out, <laughs> so this next one, um yes, it's fairy related, but I couldn't leave it out because the the fairy lore in my book is very much taken from um I mean it's not like you know like fate the Wink saga that's kind of a bit in the fantastical sense of like the fairy the fire wings come out of her type thing like that's not the route I went. I went to the more western esoteric belief of fairies so i really much yeah i really wanted to look into the new age section and once again like i'm gro- i'm putting this in quotation sort of grounding my my work in reality because i i want it to feel tangible okay. i want to, i want you to feel like you can step outside into the woods you will find like a fairy ring step and in there and you will yeah like, Yes. And so the book I chose is called Enchantment of the Fairy Realm by Ted Andrews. And it's really uh, it's really about um, communicating with uh, nature spirits and um, and just showing respect to nature and finding your connection to them. Um, And that's it. It's it's just like it's their behaviors. It's the um, their connection to elves. And other fairies like leprechauns are considered fairies. I don't, know if a lot of, I don't know if a lot of people know that. And yeah, gnomes as well. There are different, there are certain type of fairies. So there's these elementals that, um, that, are, that each represent. So like gnomes, undines, sylphs, and salamanders each represent, they're all elementals that represent uh, a different element. So earth, air, fire, water. So it's just really, like, all of that kind of – all of that kind of thing incorporated. And it's – I I right. loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I couldn't recommend it more if you're into fairies. It's just fun because if you want to stay away from the – like, I don't read a lot of those. I don't know about you. Those, like, very, um, like, adult fairy stories, they're kind of just, like, making them, like, sex-crazed, like, angry – winged creatures like there's a lot of that yeah it's like erotic fantasy but i mean like there's this there's a bit of a stereotype i think now with fairies which is why i think i went this route i wanted to show the very much like nature loving not crazy like creatures that want revenge on whatever i mean they they're known for like their attitude. Problem too, <laughs> but I mean, it's because they're such um they're very much in between the angelic realm and the and our realm if you're looking at the esoteric uh, right. point of view, and that's what's so cool. So they have mm. the, the human qualities just as much as they have the the angelic and like spiritual qualities. That's why they're so fascinating. This could go right. on and on. <laughs> I'm going to end it there. <laughs>
0: Okay, so are you not going to talk about Earth, Air, Fire,
1: Water? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were asking me about my last pick because I was being a rebel and I think I chose an extra book. <laughs> it's called Earth, Air, Fire, and Water. It's by Scott Cunningham. He's a genius or was a genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's written... My gosh, I wrote it down somewhere. I think like fifty books. Um, yeah, he's
0: like quite well known in some circles.
1: Yes, he's okay. So you're leaning more towards, uh, I guess, witchcraft and Wicca and the occult when it comes to Scott Cunningham. But the thing about the thing about Scott Cunningham is he is so not um, throwing any of it in your face. He is he speaks from a very naturalistic standpoint so it's all about um finding magic in nature okay. and that's what i love so much about this book it, it's i think if you're writing about magic you it, it really doesn't hurt to know the the root of it like just finding the heart the heart of why magic is magic it's not so much about the tools and the crap that you need and and um so that's not what i am talking about here it's just um the non-traditional a non-traditional look at magic so literally going into your backyard and using the bark of a tree to like you know and then saying a few words like that's where he comes from and he just he's so eloquent and he's he writes it so beautifully and he just makes you appreciate what's around you and I just couldn't go without I couldn't go without mentioning it he's just um he's awesome so if you yeah so if you're like writing about witches and that's oh a hot topic right there are so many yes so many books about witches um I mean you should know a little bit about the elements you're right, right? so like if you want your characters to be convincing and uh, you want to know what you're talking about this is so great you don't have to read the ritual parts you don't have to read the spells of the back. They Although, although they're a great inspiration, of course, but uh, just talking about how um, how you can go out into a stream, whisper like a wish and like throw it in there like that's magic enough. You don't have to, you know, do much more than right. that. And I think that's very inspiring. So I had to mention this book.
0: Did you use that um, in when you wrote yours?
1: Uh, yes, I did. Oh, wow. I did.
0: That really did inspire you
1: then, <laughs> no, it really did there's uh I told you I took so much inspiration from uh, tons <laughs> tons of books. tons 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 I guess I wrote a bit of a his- no I'm not gonna call it a historical oh, fiction but Yeah, funny. why
0: not it's so well researched, and when is it set
1: nineteen ninety one the forgotten year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay well okay so we have that was what seven
1: (laughs) don't let's not count I don't know
0: (laughs) okay so that was seven books and we haven't even scratched the surface on what kind of um inspirational texts are out there for others who want to um work on their world world building so yeah there's just so much out there like, it's really hard to, I don't know, narrow it down. And everyone's different. Everyone, every writer's writing style is different.
1: Yeah. Which is why we thought uh, to just speak about what inspired us versus telling you what you should go out and, and, yeah. and seek. Cause yeah, anything you can find, you can find your inspiration from, from anything.
0: And it should be said too, that if you are trying to write a story you don't have to necessarily find your inspiration from another book. It could be from art or video games or movies. Like, For me, um, the artist John William Waterhouse has really inspired me, um, but just because his paintings are so beautiful. Like, I think anything that inspires you to get started on this is worthy of note
1: you are absolutely right. Like, um, I mean, we can do a whole episode on this, but, you know, take that take that nature walk or take that painting class or oh, yeah. Flip through some, yeah, some beautiful pictures. Um, mm-hmm. Go out and look at, you know, yeah, artists that inspire you. Do whatever lifts you up because you're gonna need it because writing a book is hard. <laughs>
0: yeah, but anything that kind of um, makes you step outside the realm of what we call reality um, Mm -hmm. can be inspiring. If that makes sense.
1: It does. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Okay. And uh, that's it for today. We hope that helps a lot. If not, we hope you at least were entertained.
0: (laughs) Um, And yeah, we're going to, I think we should include our titles and any more that we can think of that will probably be, quite helpful just in general in terms of fantasy writing right
1: yeah yeah definitely you'll see a really handy list in the show notes um, and on our social pages oh
0: yeah Peace. <laughs> that's it writers weavers and magic seekers
1: you can follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at writing the broom for all podcast related goodies
0: including upcoming episodes, witchy content, and our random thoughts.
1: Until next time!